1: Celtic
0: Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the C L N S Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm Justin, he's John, and it's the off season. And so we got a couple of a couple of topics we can hit. We'll later in the show be talking about Jalen Brown and the article on Celtic's blog, kinda actually two articles, point and counterpoint on whether or not the Celtics should extend Jalen. I think that's definitely one of the bigger, at least salary-related conversations. We'll dive into that. And then also Forsberg's uh, article on Kyrie, how to lose a guy in 70 days or whatever it was exactly. But a lot of quotes from after the games over, you know, the – disintegration I guess period of the relationship with Kyrie and we'll be talking about Danny Ainge's role and involvement in that but first Team USA let's have some feel-good John let's have some feel-good as we kick this off Team USA we've got Kemba we've got Tatum we've got Smart and uh, we've got Brown the extension eligible Jalen Brown so this team is kind of getting together they went out to dinner they didn't get to go to Brown's Uh, Restaurant that of choice, I should say, out there in Vegas. But what we did get was Jason Tatum picking up the tab, and uh, obviously we could talk a little bit about Kemba and the article about why he chose Boston and coming up sixty million short. But you'd think he would have picked up dinner if he got the extra sixty million he was looking for. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, that I don't know what that's about. I don't know why Tatum. I would like to know a little more how that why he ended up picking up the tab there i mean he's i mean he does have some new Jordan brand of money, so I guess he had a little bit to spend but uh and maybe smart's got some some puma money to spend too but no yeah i, I th- it's great to see them getting together i mean it it's what does it mean i don't it really know.
0: doesn't matter who picks up the tab let's be honest right a you know, hundred and fifty dollar tab for these guys. Yeah, and, and, right. You know, it's like me throwing a quarter at the paperboy, like Yeah, on. right. Exactly.
1: No, they, you know, look, they're in a good shape. I think I think it's a great for them to be able to to spend some time together this new core of the Boston Celtics. Uh and and now, you know, we're we're going to see exactly who's going to make the team, who's going to end up going overseas and and playing on behalf of the country. Um coming up but what's fun is that you know this week we're going to start to see actual basketball and yeah this week's a scrimmage and you know a blue and white scrimmage they're going to have on uh in Las Vegas but it'll be televised so that we kind of sort of basketball to watch and this is really the last week you won't have basketball to watch for some time which is kind of a nice thing it's not Celtics basketball but you know with four guys on that select team it's pretty darn close
0: yeah, and it could be really good for building chemistry, although I think it was another Forsberg article talking about the odds of all four players making the team and talking about whether, you know, would it, it remains to be seen whether this will be positive or negative or neutral. I, I don't see how it can't be anything but positive. Um, I think the argument was kind of set up with the fact that Brown stopped Kemba in scrimmage uh during Team USA, what I also like hearing is Brad Stevens is heading out there. So additional chemistry building opportunities. And then we know he's always admired Greg Popovich with some similar styles around leadership. And definitely after the season that just went by, I think Brad is more than happy to sit down with uh with with Poppy and really sit down and talk about the whole experience. I, you got to think that they wind up talking about that a little bit.
1: I yeah, I think there's I think there's gonna be a long long a lot of those chats. I actually I just saw a video on on Twitter tonight, as just before recording, of Brad, uh, you know, interrupting Coach K and Tatum's little chat. Wait, what are you and, talking
0: about? What are you talking about?
1: I'm talking about Brad Stevens. I'm talking about <laughs> Team USA. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just interrupted. Keep going.
0: <laughs> he's got
1: sunglasses on. It has gone right to his it brain, the off-season, Dude, it's the
0: off. He season. is not. He, he is. <laughs> th-
1: it's, uh, there's a green background there, or at least it looks green on on the video here. But the truth is, it's it's a green screen. He's actually at the beach. He's he's five beverages in, but that's a whole other story. I wish oh. I
0: haven't even had a beverage. I overworked today. Overworked today. But anyway, that's what it is. So there's a picture of the interruption.
1: What? I don't even know. Let's the video.
0: No, the video. The video. Come on.
1: No, no, it's not even worth it.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're bailing? I'm bailing on it. It's completely a non-story. It's like whatever. Good (laughs) deal. So Brad Stevens, anyway, (laughs) is going to be down there. Hopefully there's going to be chemistry building. And we've got, you know, Marcus Smart, I think, is really the glue guy on this team. We've always said that. He's had a huge role. I think it's really important that he's there. Is he the guy, though, that might end up getting cut if one of them gets cut? Or do you think it's more likely Brown? Because you, you look at Walker and you look at Tatum, they're kind of locks, right? Tatum was already invited. But the Brown and Smart additions were after the fact as people were kind of bailing on Team USA. So you got to think it's one of those two guys or both that don't wind up making the, the club. Do you think all four will make it? But on top of that, really, which one goes, Brown or Smart? <laughs> uh,
1: I think it's Brown. They they need a point guard. They, they, the team is short of point guards. I mean, Darren Fox is seemingly a lock at this point. Obviously, you know, it doesn't look like Lowry's going to play. You know, we got Kemba. I, I think Smart, if this is all precaution and they're not, I mean, it, it sounds like they're not too worried right this moment. So they're going to somewhat wait and see how he looks in LA. So maybe he's not out of things, but there's a lot of wings on, on this roster. Uh, you know, Kuzma, Tatum, and you know, Chris Middleton, and I mean, it's, it's a long list. So, to me, that's, that's a tiff- tougher spot for Brown to make it than, um, you know, I think Tatum is, is somewhat, I don't know if, I don't know if a lock, but I think he's closer to a lock than, than,
0: um, than either of the other two outside of Kemba. You? Yeah, I think yep. it's smart. I think it's smart that probably doesn't make it, even though he's the one that. Well, let me back up. I don't think it's a doesn't make it scenario. I think if they're looking to make cuts and he's not a hundred percent, and they're worried about him coming back and being healthy, I could see him bowing out. I guess is maybe the better play. If he's if he really is healthy and they're just making a mountain out of a molehill. I still think of all these wings, they're going to go with the more rangy guys. I love Smart, and I think from a leadership standpoint, and we've seen him play multiple positions, but I think if they had to choose one of these three guys to go, I actually do think it ends up being Smart and not Brown. And I think a lot of it is Brown's um, kind of role in the players' union, and you know some of that stuff is, is just a nice strength in building that, and he's rangy. So if they do decide to go with a lot of these wings and go small, and they don't really look at traditional bigs. I think they're going to go that route.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, what is what does one player provide over another, and who else plays point guard on this team? You know, and that's I don't know. And we've got a long way to go there. We've got, I think, fifteen players, and they're and they've got to get down to twelve. You know, and and so three are going to get we're going to get the boot. And I just it seems like. They're overloaded at that position, and,
0: and no, I definitely Brown, get the logic there.
1: Brown, Brown, for all the reasons that we're going to get into later, Brown, Brown needs to figure some things out, and maybe he can show it. Maybe this is his his entry point into that, but. Brown needs to figure something This is going to be to such started. an
0: ugly show because we're going to square off on Brown and Kyrie again. Everybody's going to be like gross. And you're, Back you're your already quarter. annoyed at me. So just <laughs> wait till we get to the outtakes. Like people are, all right. So the, uh, the young guys throwing out the first pitch, the Red Sox game, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, this
0: is the kind of stuff we have to talk about. Summer baby. <laughs> Stuff for living, <laughs>
1: dude.
0: It's brutal. Just
1: got his sunglasses on. We're we're in the bag. It's no, no, I, I think it's. Can you love? You can't love Grant Williams more. You can't love these these rookies more. I mean, they are just. You know, whether you're you're Carson Edwards, you you got Grant Williams talking to fans, Red Sox fans before the game, and FaceTimes Taco Fall. And he's talking with the guys and with Taco Fall, and they're doing the thing. And I mean, come on. Like, who the heck does that? That's a real dude right there. That's a real guy. Uh, Chemistry guy. Leadership. Excited excited to root for that guy.
0: Excited to root for that guy. You're not the only one. I don't know how look. We're going to see a lot of minutes. I think we're going to see him play a lot of minutes. Barring trade, barring (laughs) roster reconstruction, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of that goes into our other conversation. I,
1: I really do because,
0: all right, lead right into it because we can't well, talk about throwing out the first pitch at the Red Sox game for too I, long.
1: <laughs> I know. It's like, well,
0: okay. <laughs> let me do. Sta- all right, let me do station identification. All right. <laughs> follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live as well as your host. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. And all of your uh, hate mail on how this show is going is at CLNS Media. <laughs> Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high definition. Full length locker room interviews when the season gets started, and the Garden Report. So, uh, and yours truly, and the Roundtable. So, John, let's get into the Jalen thing, right? So, this is we really we just have two arguments on the docket. That's how the show closes out. So, uh, <laughs> but they'll take all summer. Spoiler alert: John is definitely thinking. Uh, you know, Jalen's got holes in his game, and you know, depending on what we had extend him for. So, I'll let you explain that, but. I want Jalen around, so let's just dive into it man the yeah all all kicked off with two articles playing pros and cons as well on Celtics blog
1: well I first of all I think I think we should give credit I mean Max Carly did it did a fantastic job in, in the first of these two um, both of them are great uh, but but I think you can see holes in in Jalen's game and see concerns with you know, really what's happening is you've got a player who's, I think, will be very attractive on the market, uh on the restricted free agency market next summer. Uh, uh, nobody really of consequence uh, on free agency, and we're seeing that with you know, Draymond Green, obviously, re and, and a number of guys looking at extensions. So you got that on the one hand, but then you've got a guy who – has holes there's there's issues he's a young guy he's he's still got potential but there are areas where you'd like to see more growth if you're going to give max money when you've got and and the the comp the very clear comp is that <laughs> our guy down in your neck of the woods uh mr simmons you know is going to bring home 190 million dollars in his extension and you've got 170 million going to um jamal murray and i'm sure if i'm jalen brown i'm saying well, i want some of that money but is he worth that and it seems to me very clearly that answer is no it's not he's not worth that money he's not a max player is he a, is he a 20 million a dollar a year guy yeah i think so i think you could sign him for 20 but when your compatriots are getting 50 percent more and they've done less in the playoffs than you have it just creates a, a a very difficult yeah. battle. That's the problem, I, I, you know. I don't I, think it's like
0: I but like Danny's killing, I not like going to just give him a. Question so here is, yeah, yeah, no, I, it is definitely a question of how much you want to keep him, even if he's just a tradable asset, right? Like even the people who don't like him would say, you know, get him under contract as a tradable asset if possible. He's restricted that summer anyway. Those same people would say. Well, you know, just match him, whatever that is, and then look to move him after that. So I don't think anybody has any question about you definitely don't want him just walking out the door. And so and I think the Celtics are the same way. And they've played this with the exception of Marcus Smart. They have played this the same way every time. Here's a deal. This is what we think is fair. You get locked up for the future And if you'll agree to that before the season, great, but we're happy to go to restricted free agency and match your best offer. The problem is, is that does create hard feelings sometimes. And it doesn't matter because, you know, they still will retain the player, but it is on the clock. And so I think the real question is, it's not even so much about how much money it's. Will Jalen be reasonable with the money and the Celtics offer and then the second question is, if he's not, then at that point, are they essentially going to have to break ties at some point in the next two years? Cause that's, that's how I evaluate it. So, um, if Jalen's only willing to take a max deal, then I think the Celtics go to matching and restricted free agency. If Jalen gets a max deal in restricted free agency, the Celtics match it. Probably no hard feelings, anything less than that if that's what he's holding out for, and then they hit next summer and they finds out that he doesn't have that uh, pull in free agency to get that max deal. Meh. And even then, it's still it, – is this a scenario – I'm actually not clear on this. Is this a scenario where Jalen gets less money in that restricted free agency market from another team, like just the amount that Celtics can offer today in an extension? Is that greater than what any other team can offer him in the offseason? Uh, yes.
1: So they, if they that's have their, the case, then why but, would the Celtics extend him now anyway? Right. Right. I think that's. I think that's absolutely true. Like the the bird rights and and the like. They can they can offer a higher extension than than anyone else can. So. There are, I mean, there are complicating factors in that. And the other thing you've got to also remember is let's look at the Gordon Hayward situation. So Gordon Hayward was in a somewhat of a similar situation in Utah and he ended up going to Kemba Connection.
0: Yep.
1: Well, yeah. And, and, and Charlotte was going to make an offer sheet and sign the offer sheet and. Utah matched okay it all well and good everything goes on a few years later the extension's over he hits the market and why is he hitting the market he's hitting the market because he's frustrated that he didn't get the max deal when he was on the market and so this is you look at that and you look at what players were doing this past summer in terms of happiness with where they are and all that and you don't want to run the risk of that so seems so like you break, Celtics you are, break policy?
0: No, I you break, see, I, break I don't policy think policy do to adjust to a changing market where the teams are losing control. I mean, you can always trade the guy. If you don't look, he's so young. So this is this would be the argument for giving him the max, regardless of the holes in the game and whether or not you want that salary on this Celtics roster. The truth is is you've got a, a max extension that isn't going to take him into his 30s. He's still gonna be a fairly young player. He's gonna be an extremely one of the most physically gifted players in the league. I think the only the knock that really does concern me, I, I know that there are a lot of areas that were outlined in the article, and I think a lot of them are totally coachable and workable. And I mean he's proven to have a work ethic. I don't think there's any question that Jalen so the but the one that concerns me that really sticks out there that does put a cap on his potential is the handle that may not be something that's coachable. Really? That may not be huh. something that he can fully well to get to that next level. You know what I mean where he's a max player on the next deal too. Where you're really trying to make him a Celtics lifer. You know, I think they handle his ability to he's he's had some nice moves in iso and everything else but for him to be able to draw that attention attack the basket and then also be able to to make the assist that makes him that much more dangerous and has team's hedging a little bit when he begins to drive to the paint. What you don't want, oh, Jalen's got the ball, let's pack it in, because the worst-case scenario is he's just going to kick it back out to the top of the key, and they'll reset it, and we'll have plenty of time to recover. That, to me, is the real danger, because he's going to have a harder and harder time finding that lane as he becomes a more focal point of the offense if he can't evolve in the ball handling. I think everything else is coachable. I think that one is literally a coordination thing. Like you can make some improvement, but I don't know that you can make like some significant improvement in the handle over the next four years.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not as, I wasn't as concerned about the handle as much as the reads and,
0: and, and the
1: feel aspect because I, I think you can work on your handle. I think you can get tighter with it. I think you can, you know, get to a point where you can be adequate, at least as a, as a, a dribble drive guy. My concern really was. You know, that second, you know, the read and reading the guy who's, you know, I thought it was one of the first videos, I think, in Max's piece where, you know, he makes the simple read, which is the helps coming from, I think it was Horford. And he and so he he gives the ball to Horford as opposed to reading from the guy who is going to cover the guy helping off Horford. And and find the guy for the three on the opposite kind of foul line extended uh, above the break. I think it was Tatum. You know that's the like that second level of. Read, see, I just think that's so
0: coachable I, for a twenty-three-year-old with so many years. That part, that part concerns me little. Do I see you as can a go to glaring- the gym
1: and you can do this all day long? Feel and see in the game. I don't think some of that's innate inside of you. It's why, like, guys like Bird and, and those guys were special. And other guys just, you know, they just don't get to that level. And I'm not saying that this is a question either you're going to be Larry Bird or you're going to be not. I just don't feel that's a coachable skill as as to the same degree. You can understand in a very rudimentary way. And I think, I he's, actually done, think he's made it. leaps in that ground. But But I don't think... Ass. he's, he's going to be he's
0: 23 you see guy. this with the young guys all the time it's the reason they struggle playing younger players and it's also the reason that the glut of wings and talent on this Celtics roster with young players not getting minutes was the big question mark and that's another reason why I think that will come uh, I don't think anybody was knocking on him when Kyrie and Hayward were out for the playoffs and they were going and feasting on Philadelphia, right? And him and Tatum were having a, I mean, he had an amazing playoff run. He really played phenomenally for guys like that to develop feel. They got to play. And this is a guy who accepted a bench role, knowing full well that not getting those minutes would decrease his value, not because it would decrease his value as far as everybody knowing his God gift given talents and athleticism, et cetera, but because he needs these minutes at a young age to develop that feel. That, that's precisely why. And so um, if they give him an increased role, and I think he should be the starter for all the reasons you mentioned, Smart being the keeper for Team USA, I think Brown should be the starter because we need Smart to steady that second unit just because of limited point guard depth. And you know, how deep do you want to go with these rookies, as exciting as they are, you want to talk about making mistakes and reads and things like that. When this game starts coming faster, the players are bigger and they're more experienced. A lot of talent in the summer league. Very fun to watch. Definitely some guys at spot minutes, I think, are going to contribute, um, for sure. But I don't think, I think you, you definitely want Marcus Smart directing the offense anytime Kem is not out there. And so mm-hmm. it makes it easy to put Brown in that starting role. The problem of putting Brown in the starting role is it still doesn't necessarily increase his feel. Because you could also make an argument that him being on the bench and being more focal would help with that. So it's a real catch 22 for where you slot him, but he needs increased role and responsibility to figure out the answer to that.
1: Well, and that's, and that's, and I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree that he needs to be put in those positions. I mean, you could argue that even, even Tatum, uh, and I think we probably need to spend a show almost talking about that is that, you know, there is the, the difficulty in bringing in a guy like Kemba. I mean, it's great. They're going to contend. They're going mean, well contend. They're going to be a good team. But these young players, they have been in a very different place than where the Celtics need them to be to be successful as a as a franchise. They need Tatum to go top ten. They need Jalen Brown to be top twenty. You know, they for this to work to be what it is, they need those guys at, at a higher level. And I'm not sure that they can get there playing small roles and I and I think looking into this this upcoming season you don't have Mook Morris in in the mix now. So there are more minutes to be spread amongst Hayward, Tatum and Brown. But I I need to see it to believe it. You know, we we waited all season to see those you know kind of the death lineup or whatever that is last season. And it never came to be. Those three guys. The death lineup
0: that became a dead lineup. No doubt.
1: You know, those three, if those three can't play together, there's a real problem. And I, and there's a, I think a real question that should be asked of whether or not this team can succeed with those three guys on this team. Does it make sense for the Celtics to be going through this season with a team where your best five players are three small forwards, uh, a, a point guard who's under six feet and a guy who can do just guard just about any position in Marcus smart. I mean, that's a pro I mean, in terms of roster construction, I don't think that's ideal. It's great in terms of where the league is, but in terms of getting the most out of each player and in terms of the team getting the most out of what it can, I'm not sure that they can do it. And it's really, up right, to so, Scott.
0: so let's say this as far as you're right. Yeah, you these young pieces, if they're here for the long haul, they need minutes to develop. Uh, Tatum, definitely, they wanted to talk about it like a sophomore slump, but it was more like a sophomore stagnancy. But he had experienced a decreased role, so the fact that his numbers stayed level in that scenario, actually, it, it could be a little bit of a, a red herring, right? So everybody just kind of, eh, maybe don't believe those numbers about him taking a step back completely, and he's going to have an increased role this season, Guaranteed. No doubt about it. So those guys get minutes. So let's go back to the contract extension and wrap it up this way. I actually think it makes sense to give Brown the, the money. And the reason is um, – Max your money. money? Max money. Yep. And here's really? why. Yes, because there's no team that's going to shy away from that contract at his age – Right. And you have an uptick season for him in terms of role and responsibility. You can totally showcase him. You're not going for the championship guaranteed. Like you'd love to have it and you would, you want it. But the truth is during this season, even if he gets that max, I know that part of the angle is don't give him the max money and go to free agency and make him play for his money, you know, keep him hungry. And I get that. But in this case, I think you give him the max money and put him out there. And if it doesn't work out, it's just an easy conversation in trade to say, you know what, it didn't work out with Brown, but it's because we have all these glut of these wings. We need to get the balance. we need to get the roster balance. Yeah, he's got a max contract, but have you seen this kid play? And then look at the playoffs two years ago, you know, and he's just in a bad situation and we need to free him up. We need to get him to a team that's going to give him plenty of minutes, you know what I mean, and an increased role in the offense. And that's going to solve everything. And I think there are plenty of teams That would bite on that, and you also don't have the situation where you're trading a guy who only has one year left on his deal, which is what would happen. If that chemistry issue comes up this year and they can't quite make it work still and and because of everything you just said and and you hit the trading deadline, yeah, he's a restricted free agent, so you've got that. But a team that's already got question marks that trades for him on a rookie salary knowing that they may not want to match a max deal in the offseason – is a whole different bottle of wax. It's better to just get that salary on the books, and they may not be done. To your point, you know, Plan B may be something that gets executed throughout this season, and giving him that max money. Look at how we were trying to finagle all of those trades. You know what I mean? After we found out that we weren't going to get Davis and Kyrie was gone, or like, how, how do we put these numbers together? I'm not necessarily like a Steven Adams, but you know what I mean. Like we were all trying to figure out how do we get the numbers to work. So that we can go acquire somebody, and it was like everybody's got to go. You get Jalen at max money. Now all of a sudden you got flexibility to pick up somebody with a large salary, and that a team that's acquiring Jalen and that kind of a move has a very young player with high upside, and it's still less than paying an older player, maybe in their later twenties, who's on their second max deal. You know that kind of money, especially when they're not happy and don't want to be there. And, and that will happen because the players just got empowered to say, "I'm not happy here, and I want out." And teams are going to pull the trigger much quicker, I think, as a result of that. The rising cap
1: will help, and the rising and, and the cap will rise again here in a couple years. So you're going to you're going to sign an extension for a, a period of time where the money that we we think of as twenty million dollars today is not twenty million dollars tomorrow. You know, and I think you have to somewhat realize that. And so these these contracts that seem like they don't they go on too long. It's you know it, it, it's faster now. You, you don't worry about that as much. I don't think he's worth. I don't think he's a max contract guy. But I the roster's thinner
0: that- and the salaries are lower. And so if you wanted to make another move, you're going to need a contract. And
1: right, but I I don't want it to be a negative asset. That would be the only concern. Is I don't want he's to be too a young. To
0: he's too young for it to be a negative asset. But
1: he's you're paying him fifty percent more than he's worth, and that that would have an impact. You're right. Maybe it's not. You know, I got to throw in an extra pick to make it work. What goes know? on but, in
0: Tatum's mind if they don't extend Brown now? When when Tatum comes up at the same time next year, and the Celtics play the same game,
1: I don't think there is. I don't think they're like that. I don't think they're What happens Russ when they and,
0: okay, and fine, TD. fine? I don't think they're close. Fine? Like that. Fine? Then what happens when Brown is at the end of this year and gets a restricted, you know, in restricted free agency, gets an offer in the Celtics match and it's lower and then the Celtics give a max extension to Tatum because they know they want to, then what happens to the Brown scenario? Right. No, then he's then he's mad. And he
1: plays out three years. I mean, and I think that that's, that's a very likely scenario because I think they will max out Tatum at the first chance they can. And that will have some challenges. The other thing to also keep in mind is free agency 2021 and that year being one where everyone's back on the market again. It's Kawhi, it's PG, it's, it's, uh, I think LeBron's up that year. Um, you know, Giannis. So, If you want to be a player, and this is, I guess, the Celtics somewhat, what they do with Jalen does play into that because Hayward will be off the books at that point. They really, the only sizable salaries they have right now are Kemba. Um, And if the salary cap is up to 120. They'd have
0: Tatum, right?
1: Well, but, you know, not knowing what happens with that, I mean, there's without signing Tatum to a deal, you could have some pretty sizable cap space. Where I'd
0: never do you that. Could, you could gambling. do
1: Tatum. But, but no, what I'm saying is you could hold off on Tatum, doing the Tatum deal until after, and then you'd have Giannis, Tatum, and Kemba. You, there's, there's ways in which you can kind of stage this that it would work. Um, but if you give Jalen his money and you give Tatum his money when he wants it, probably a, a year from now, you're you're pretty much out of the mix uh because of course you've got smarts with his with contracts so it's such a huge the, gamble cap with five guys it, it
0: it's such a huge gamble to go that route and potentially not have any assets and not be able to lure any free agents and then Kyrie running around saying that he hates Danny Ainge which is a great segue I love yeah. that so before we get into that While baseball season is in full swing, placing a wager on basketball has never been easier with all the best odds at betonline.ag. John, this week, I know you're watching Sox Angels. What's your pick?
1: Sox? No. Pick of the Angels. Sox suck right now. It's terrible. It's annoying. I'm so fed up with them.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And the the Angels are just under 500, and the Sox are just over 500. But you're right, trending-wise. Rough shape for the Sox. All right. So, but wait. <laughs> this is the saving grace. Can you believe the NFL preseason is underway? Here we just, go. Yeah. See, that's what I'm Hey, And I'm actually, just so you know, I'm going to go see the uh, – I got club seats in Washington, D.C. when the Pats come to town to go play the Redskins, bro. Going with my buddy Ben. Yeah, I'm pumped. I like All that. right. And we've never seen a game together, and I've actually never gone to a Pats game either. I've been to tons of Celtics games, but no Pats games. So to celebrate another season kickoff, betonline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head on over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. All right, John, so Kyrie well, yeah, Danny, so
1: let's, let's you know, great job by Forsberg, first of all, in putting together uh going through his notebook to see what, uh, you know, what were the comments? What was the – how did we go from a point where Kyrie Irving was saying, if you'll have me, you know, I I intend to resign and all that, to roughly eight weeks later talking with Spencer Didwitty and it's going to be crazy in New York. I mean, that – how did we go in two months' time from – from, I want to be here to, you know, I'm out the door. And, and to me, like, I read this and of course I'm, uh, someone who still believed, took Kyrie at his word and, and, and through that and, and really believed that there was a lot of stuff that was conspiring, um, in the media, um, <laughs> members of our own CLNS family, I guess, really, you know, really taking, going after Kyrie, I think in a way that I think was not reasonable for what he, he had done. Now, obviously, the playoffs went the way they did. But look, I mean, I think the question to me remains, and, and I'm glad it kind of, Forsberg kind of put it before us, is like, how do you make that move? How do you go from telling a, a packed house at the TD Garden, I'm going to stay, to probably telling your buddies, hey, I'm going to go to New York? I mean, I walked away with this feeling, a couple things. One. Kyrie is duplicitous. Kyrie is, the fact that he's willing to walk away from a public pronouncement like that so easily, um, shows that he was, did not have the heart, did not have the fire, did not have the gut, did not have the, the, the chutzpah to, uh, to really be a leader and to be the person who you could rally around and build a franchise around. So that's one. That's, that's one takeaway. My other takeaway is this. Kyrie's frustration was with Danny Ainge and with Brad Stevens, and it's about the young guys, of course. Now, what does that really mean to me? The, the young guys thing is, and putting Danny really primary in this, and some comments he you know did that were made about one a 13 year vet seems pretty clear to me. He wanted players gone, a player or players gone, and I I actually start not with Brown but with Terry Rozier. I think Terry Rozier. I think universally, everyone saw Terry Rozier as a guy who was really out for his and his comments. Even after the season, seemed to indicate he that never stopped. He always thought he was a starter, which is great in some capacity, but not so great in others. So, in other words, I would say Kyrie Irving was not unlike many Celtics fans, the vast majority of Celtics fans on Twitter, who were saying, "Why is Brad playing?" Terry Rozier get him out of there and get him gone from Boston entirely so Kyrie was just like everybody else Kyrie saw the same faults that we saw so that to me says okay well I get that I get the frustration the difficulties I get all those things what I can't get past is number one which is the guy still wanted to walk out in eight weeks after publicly saying he wanted to stay, not willing to see it through, not willing to try to build this thing, not willing to see past the fact that in May, Terry Rozier is gone and never coming back here. And if Jalen would probably would have been in that package for Anthony Davis, but it never happened because of course, Kyrie
0: mentally, I think he wanted something done during the season period, the end To show that there was a commitment beyond this season. And I think he wanted to see what would potentially happen in the postseason with veterans. And I think he also realized that he needed pressure taken off of him. And he wasn't sure if he was going to get pressure taken off of him, you know, in this current model. But at the same time, you know, the way he reacted to that, not to build up other players around him, you know, and kind of stick with the plan because of the pressure that was coming from the media. I think that's why the media continued to pig pile. I honestly I feel like that was the mistake was, you know, he he was letting it get to him. It was bothering him the wins and losses mm-hmm. and he didn't have I know you said a hutchba, but I I just don't think he had the fortitude to fight through that. I right. think he broke easy. And he's and and if if you're really looking at this honestly, you know, every season till he came to the Celtics was an easy season except for year one because he had somebody else taking that pressure off of him. It's not to say that he's not a great talent. It's not to say that there wasn't still trials and tribulations. And there definitely doesn't mean that there wasn't conflict in the locker room because that relationship with LeBron and some of the headbutting is fairly well documented as well. But at the end of the day, I think he's had easier seasons. Now, because of the whole knee thing with the Celtics last season, you know, it was probably easy for him to recover from that, but coming back with the expectations for this year, not meeting those and having that pressure levied on him instead of LeBron. I think he broke. I think yeah. he broke He did, and, and, and he pointed the finger and, and I think that's, that's the real issue culturally with him as a leader. That's the issue in the locker room instead of leading out of that you know he began to point the finger to he pointed it at the young guys and this my point is this is where he went wrong with the media like you can go mm-hmm. and and you can make the criticism of the media but he blew it when it, you know and he was never going to make it in boston if he couldn't handle like you said 8 weeks of the boston media without pointing the finger at everybody else around him as the problem well and yeah. and even then And I will say one other thing, and and the media saw through this. Even when he took it on his shoulders, it really did not sound sincere.
1: No, and and he went, and I'd also, to to agree with that, he went another two months really before he was asked a single cross-question from the Boston media. They gave him latitude upon latitude upon latitude. They did not question him. They did not challenge him. They did not... They weren't playing in the games that everyone else was playing in. They were giving him space. They weren't asking him about his future. You know, and so I have difficulty with the fact that when those questions did come up, he really lashed out locally more so than he lashed nationally, which I think was really
0: um, poor taste. But well, he needs I, those national, look, he needs those national relationships. And it's the same reason we hear from Chris Forsberg, who by the way, just had a killer week, right? But he's talking about how, or he tweeted out that Kyrie had texted Wick Grouseback and Wick had, you know, but that's because Kyrie is a businessman. And so he knows where his bread is buttered. And even though he'll probably, well, not probably, he'll never play for the Celtics again. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, Wick is a businessman and there's a bigger picture there. And so not attacking the national media in that situation is something that he needed to do because if he ever changed location, he didn't need them. Continuing to come after him and chase him down. The Boston yeah. media is local. So but, he can lash out and take something that maybe he was frustrated with the national media with. He could take that out locally, especially once he knows he's moving on. And then add, eh, does it really come back and hurt him? Yeah, maybe a couple of games in Boston and, you know, Steve Bolpat on the road and Mark Murphy on the road and some of these guys on the road. They're not going to, they're not going to be going up to Kyrie and busting him on the road.
1: Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that that's the issue. I think I, yes but i think I mean, you're right it's it's a it's a local problem but his his conduct it went far beyond the fact that he got mad at Steve pet for trying to help him put out the you know put out the, the put out the water pour water on the whole kd conversation video you know it goes beyond that because it puts him the whole scenario and his whole conduct Towards the end, has put such a pallor over his 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 stardom. I mean, I really think talent, yes, but I don't think he's going to walk away from this season, in the Celtics, and be viewed the same way from the NBA community. I think he's going to be looked like as the type of guy who runs people out of town, who blows up, who's who's a, a culture nightmare, who. Won't be willingly welcomed places. He's going to have to find a way to rescue his, uh, I think his Q rating and his, his view nationally in, in Brooklyn. He's going to really have to work overtime to do that because he killed, he killed all the, his image. He really hurt it really poor in such an unbelievable way. That, that performance against Milwaukee is among the worst performances I've ever seen. You know, and you can say whether he meant to do it or didn't mean to do it or what have you, that was a guy who mentally cracked under the, under the pressure of where he was and what was happening.
0: Yeah. From a lack
1: of desire of being there. Maybe, sure. Probably whatever the reason it was a mental. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, not because he didn't have his skills. It wasn't because he was incapable. It's because mentally he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't make his, he couldn't will his body to do anything for this team and put them on his back. Just didn't have it, and you know, in the end, Boston's better for it, I think uh, better to be apart from that situation, and we may even ultimately say that it was better for them to not have brought in you know players and stars around him and eventually traded him away even even with that might have been so toxic, even had things gone well this year or relatively well I'm still not at that point I'm still at a point where there is, a, there was an opportunity lost in all this. And that's the part that frustrates me of, uh, of last season. But that also all of this Kyrie talk and the focus on Kyrie, it does such a disservice to the fact that it was the young players. It was, it was all the players. It was Hayward. It was everybody who didn't step up and make this team a successful team last year. This wasn't just Kyrie. Kyrie was passing and hustling his ass off those eight weeks. His teammates were not coming through for him. They were not matching his effort and doing those extra things. And that's a problem, you know. So, okay, we get rid of Kyrie. The question is, are the guys, are the Jalen Browns and the Jason Tatums and the, the Gordon Haywards, is there going to be a lesson learned from this year? And they're going to apply that. That's what I want to see. That's my biggest question going into the 2020 season. Can they apply the lessons learned? And can you play Brown, Tatum, and Hayward together in a lineup that will have enough rebounding, and enough defense, and enough passing to be able to be a successful group? They have a the talent.
0: You can get some of those. You could get the rebound, the rebounding from Ennis, but you're not going to get the defense if you do that. Um, and yeah, no, it makes, it makes you think there might be a deal and just, you know, kind of tying finally this conversation into the brown one. Again, I think that's why you need that salary on the books. I don't, I don't think you're playing for free agency. I think you're playing for trades. I think you've got the assets. And if they really want to correct the roster because there's a minutes distribution issue because that could be part of it you know again we just talked about yeah they didn't do anything but how many lineup tinkerings did they have to do like they were just constantly trying to find anything desperately to make it work and and maybe there's and again some of that keeps tying back to Hayward Right. Because they were like, well, they tinkered a little bit, but they stuck with Hayward too long. And then Brad's reeling, trying to make something work and there's tinkering and there's tinkering. I mean, the whole thing just didn't mesh and they all went different ways and Kyrie can hustle and do whatever he wants, but until every, until he gives the coach time to get things where it needs to go, that's a struggle. Right. But he gave up there too. So anyway, bringing it back to this year, I think that's why. You, you want the salary on the books. This if if they wind up balancing out this roster and really making a run, it's going to come in trade. It's not going to come in letting these assets go away because if they let these assets go away and they don't sign them, they don't have anything to do in trade in the future, which means they have to do a full gut and try to find somebody and sign them. And to your point, they might be able to work it out where Tatum still stays stays in the order of operations there, but a lot of their picks have gone to the wayside at that point. Um, A lot of those assets have gone to the wayside, and no matter how you look at it, I think you need to retain those, and and trade is going to be an easier way to deal with this stuff. So, um, all right, why don't we wrap this? We've got some time for some outtakes, but this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore duke. heartfelt. Thank you to everybody for tuning in and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic stuff live on iTunes and stitcher. We'd love it. If you gave us a rating and a review, because your feedback is important to the show and for staff writer Sammy Elias. Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLS Media Nick Gelso, and my co host John Duke. I'm Justin Poole and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
1: Celtic Stuff Live.
0: What's well, gonna be the outtakes? How annoyed you are by my sunglasses? ha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not annoyed with sunglasses. I just think it's funny. <laughs> but just don't interrupt me again. <laughs> just don't interrupt me,
0: <laughs> sunglass man. Hold on. What was that video? Okay, now that we have some distance and we're just in the outtakes, what oh, was the no. video? Because I don't even know what you're talking about.
1: No, it was just literally a nine-second clip of Tatum talking to Coach K, and Brad Stevens walked over to say hi. That's all it was.
0: Oh, okay. He didn't really interrupt him. No, no, okay, no, I no, no. It. I got it. No.
1: <laughs> it was really not worth it at all. <laughs> yeah. But, no, you know.
0: it's Coach K, an institution.
1: a GOAT. The GOAT. I mean, it's like, that's just, it's all right there for me. Is that Coach how
0: it works for you? I was just going to say, you only let the GOATs in?
1: Yeah, that's right. It's a GOAT
0: party, man. All the GOATs hanging out there, you know? You're spoiled. You're like Kyrie with LeBron. <laughs> what's it going to be like when we when we go back? You know what I mean. Coach K retires, and Tom yeah, Brady not, and Bill Belichick retire, and
1: I'm not looking to get traded. I'm the Celtics
0: looking- gamble on the the next big off season, and nobody comes, and the assets are gone. Man, what's that going to be like? You're going to be disgruntled. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to be coaching AAU ball with every ounce of your life. <laughs> you're going to invest yourself in your your boys' basketball careers like nobody's business. All oh, I got doing you're, you're already doing that. I I don't have the
1: I'm not I'm not going to do the the basketball reference style statistics for the the uh Seven eight uh, travel team, but you know that's just where we are. Uh, but yeah, Carter in games against coastal Maine teams,
0: right. you're shooting.
1: <laughs> that would be great on days uh, on Saturdays when we play before
0: nine. <laughs> your shooting percentage is, and, the, and here's a shout to Forsberg since he got so much attention. You know, in your special uniforms, right? Yeah, you
1: right. Right, right. Untucked. When your uniform is untucked, you're shooting 43 percent from the field. <laughs> a true shooting percentage of 43 percent from the field. Because I don't let anybody shoot two, three pointers at that age. Uh, you know, not seven, eight. That's Why not? Four. Oh, oh, okay. Three, four. Yeah, yeah I don't. That makes sense. I keep him off the three-point line. Three, four. Um, I know. I is a, it just a, all pick
0: that. and roll, high screen and roll? Go to the baseline.
1: If the roll, the, the trick is the roll part. I can get them to set a screen. I can't get them to roll. The roll part is the hard. Actually moving and creating the move, the movement. I should
0: have said, I should have said the pick and roll, except no kid even knows what the roll is, whether it's defensively trying to stop it. Right. You're really just, your point guard's just using the pick and going baseline is what exactly. I should have said. it's just It's just creating space. If you just set the screen, go around, yeah. pick your man off, and oh, then man. just go lay it up. Do it over and over.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's. There's not a whole lot more to it than that. If you could get the guy to roll, oh my goodness, that would be a that would be a miracle situation. But
0: and and know. and every and every offense is the Princeton offense. It's totally <laughs> inverted because it's positionless, right?
1: Everything is positionless, right? I don't have any big guys in, in on either. Of, actually, all of my younger kids, they're all big guys, and all my older kids, they're all little guys. So everyone's a ball handler, and the other one oh, that's weird. A point. Figure. That's
0: really weird.
1: Figure, yeah. So it's a small area, so we've only got a small number of people to draw from, right? So you know, but everyone has yeah, a good but time. You have fun. It's, uh, I, I think that they are. Uh, you know, it's summer's fun. You know, you still got the. But we're. You know, we we had a we've had a lot of a lot of good uh, travel situations and tournaments this summer, and so it's. I'm ready to kind of ease here into the fall. Football weather, football. You know, watch a little bit of soccer.
0: Yeah, get a sweatshirt back on. I do enjoy the summer, and this is probably the best tan I've had ever, uh, which is not saying much because I'm French and Irish, and I grew up in Maine, so I didn't get sun until I moved down here to Pennsylvania uh, ten years ago. But anyway, the point being, I just love sweatshirt weather. So I'm with you on the football, a hundred percent. You know, little little fire in the driveway a little football in the garage, you know, that's the way to do it. Wait,
1: fire in the driveway? Oh, yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, you put a little fire pit in the driveway, put a TV out in your garage, and you just have the garage door open, you watch football, have the fire. Yeah. never heard of this.
1: I've never heard of putting a fire pit in the driveway. This is... This is, this is wild stuff.
0: Yeah, dude. It's just like one of those little metal things. You go to Home Depot and you buy it and it's up a little bit. Yeah. No, you're not like stacking a couple of bricks and then throwing fire in there and sweeping it off later. No, no, no. Yeah. It's one of those, but it's still big enough. I mean, okay. You can get a blazer going.
1: See, I got the thing going. I got the thing in the yard where you got the, you know, the rocks and everything. And you, you know, so. Yeah, I've
0: got the patio, and we'll put the fire down there. And every once in a while, I'll grab the projector and throw it up against the side of the house. But um, but there's no refrigerator down there.
1: That's a problem. That's a problem. Got to have the refrigerator. Got to have the
0: cold. I mean, you could do the cooler thing. But it's much easier to just put the fire pit in the middle of the driveway and have the the – Wow. So you got this figured out. You get actually, your- actually, in all honesty, it's my brother-in-law. We're doing that at his house, not mine.
1: Whatever. House. Hey, even better. He gets to clean up. You don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, the, home- is- the issue is he's a Ravens fan.
1: Well, <laughs> he hasn't had much to crow about lately, has he? Uh-ha-ha.
0: Oh! <laughs> Guess why I chose the Washington game, though. We, could, we, I mean, We looked at the Baltimore game and it's probably an hour closer to my house. But sure. there's no way I was going to do Baltimore. The hate is too real. I, it would have, the club seats would not have been nearly as much fun as, I mean, we're still going to hear about it in Washington, but the great thing is I bet there'll be tons of Pats fans down there. The transplants with the political scene and everything else, we should be safe. We should you enjoy it.
1: Redskins have been, I'm sure they'll probably, you'll probably more Pats fans there than Redskins fans. Just, yeah, it's fun. Go down to DC for the weekend and
0: check out a, you know, go to, do Dude. The, 300 bucks for club seats on the 50 yard line, second row back on the club.
1: You can't get 300 That's, that's what I'm like, saying. That's like that's like a 300 level at uh, Gillette. I mean that's that that's crazy. Wow. Isn't that awesome.
0: Wow. That I've is... been to a few Ravens games with the in-laws, but I've never seen the Pats. So, for this to be my first Pats game at the age of 44 and it's all about price, bro. But, you know, that's been a big reason why I haven't gone, right? When I lived in Maine, I was too poor to pay for a ticket. And now it's just too much coordination with the travel back up to Foxborough. But this is perfect. My buddy's going to fly into Baltimore. I pick him up, go down 50-yard line. It's beautiful.
1: And so I was just looking at the date. So that's October 6th. So it still should be pretty warm down there. Oh, it'll
0: be awesome.
1: It'll be perfect weather. I mean, that's – geez, that's going to be And the hotel
0: is a half a mile from the stadium. I use my Marriott points. So we we're, we're just gonna walk on over, and you're right, you know Perfect. that place is tough to get to via
1: car you can't or in metro, so that's good that's that's the that's the way to do it, man. you got it all figured out, huh, He's got the sunglasses on, he's got it all figured out guys this is, this uh,
0: is I'm feeling uh, it, I'm feeling it <laughs> all right, you know how it goes if you're it's still listening, way. John, you tell him you're welcome. <laughs>